three, two, one, I relaunch the podcast where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of I relaunch and your host for today. Today, we are speaking with Eleanor Blaney. Eleanor, now recently retired, was special advisor on gender diversity to the Certified Financial Planner Board Center for Financial Planning, or CFP Board Center for short, and a very successful financial advisor herself for many years. She led the CFP Board's Women's Initiative and is the author of their groundbreaking report on making room for women in the financial planning profession that led to the center's workforce development initiatives that aim to overhaul the gender split of the nation's financial planning professionals. We'll discuss more about that in a minute. Eleanor is also the author of the book, Women's Worth, Finding Your Financial Confidence, which was published in 2010 and was really ahead of its time given the conversations we're having in the public domain about women and financial confidence today. And finally, Eleanor and I have worked closely for over a year now on the vision for an implementation of a career reentry initiative called the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative that we'll also discuss today. Hello, Eleanor. Thanks for being with us today. Well, hi, Carol. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you today. Thank you. And we have a lot to talk about and a short amount of time. And I'd like to spend the first half of our conversation talking about the role of financial planner so our audience can understand exactly what a financial planner does. But before we dive in on that, could you please walk us through a brief history of your career? You were a real trailblazer in the financial planning industry and one of the very few women in the industry early on. So I'm interested to hear what your career path was. Well, thank you. Um, my career path was a little bit of a long and winding road, but it brought me to financial planning, which is the important thing because that has been a, a a passion and a calling for me as much as it has been a, a, a career. I mean, I began life as an English major, um, then, then had to decided as many English majors might, uh, that I needed to, um, go back to school to become more professionally, uh, appealing <laughs> to the business world. <laughs> I did get my MBA at the university of Chicago, uh, came to Washington, D.C. and worked as a management consultant for a couple of years with the government. You know, my client was the government. Um, as I always said, you know, I couldn't make eye contact with the government. <laughs> I couldn't cross <laughs> the, the, the table and see a, a, a human being that I really, you know, wanted to relate to. And it was at that time I heard about financial planning in the late 1980s. And I really got interested because to me, it was working with, you know, you really were working, looking in the eyes of clients, helping their lives. And it was a new and emerging discipline that brought together several facets of the, you know, of an individual or a family's financial decision making. And that appealed to me. In 1988, I finally joined a um a financial planning firm. I met a colleague who later became um, one of my partners in a financial planning firm. I was a principal and owner of a financial planning firm in McLean, Virginia uh, for 18 years. I worked with, uh, with, with individuals and with uh, families in the Northern Virginia area. Um, 
I then left and joined CFP board where I was first a consumer advocate. And my role really was to get the word out about the importance of financial planning and, uh, you know, what, what it involved. And I know we're going to talk about that more. And then I became a, an advisor on gender diversity because we realized that we had, uh, for a long time, we had stalled at about 23% representation, uh, women representation of CFPs in the country. Now, just to give you some context, the CFP board is responsible for the certification of financial planning. And there are approximately 80,000 financial planners around the country. And our work now is to get more women involved. And so for the past uh, four years, I work very diligently and passionately, I should say, on on trying to understand the reasons why there are so few women uh, and addressing some of the barriers. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but just to, and thank you for reviewing that career. You really were a trailblazer and still are. And uh, so much progress has happened because of the work that you have been doing in the field. Um, but can you tell us, I, I think the financial planner, um, financial advisory uh, professional path is a mystery to a lot of people. People don't really understand what exactly does a financial planner do? Can you talk about uh, like a day in the life of a financial planner or different types of roles that financial planners have so people have a better understanding? Absolutely. Now, uh, what is important to understand is that the word or the term or the phrase financial planner is, is just a generic term. It doesn't anyone, anyone can call themselves a financial planner. There's no regulation of the the term. So it's like, you know, doctor perhaps, but uh, you know, it's just a, a way of referring to a, a, a person who does something that is related to financial planning. If, however, the individual carries the mark CFP, the certified financial planner, that is... That is important, I believe, because that really distinguishes the person from just a generic enterprise to something, to a qualification, to an actual credential where they have passed uh, requirements to become a certified financial planner. And those requirements uh, consist of pass of going through an education. We call them the 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 ease of of qualification. And I don't mean ease in terms of it's easy. I mean, the E. (laughs) Three three E's. (laughs) So the E's stand for education. You have to go through coursework that covers the breadth of the, and I'll get to that later, the breadth of financial planning, all that it includes. You have to pass an examination. And you have to, you have ongoing education requirements as well, year by year. And a very important component is we have to live and practice by an ethical code. And should we find, you know, should we be found in breach of that code, there are enforcement procedures that, uh, uh, you know, are there to maintain the quality and the standards of the profession. So that is a CFP. Now that said, 
financial planning um, as, as, as practiced by CFPs really involves the, the whole uh, landscape, if you will, of decisions that individuals and families have to make uh, or small businesses as well have to make about money management. So it can range from issues about budgeting, about your use of credit. It can, uh, it touches on investments. It touches on gifting, education planning, estate planning, and certainly taxes. So if you just, you know, think about your life and your day and all the financial decisions that you have to make, a financial planner has probably, well, a financial, a CFP will have had training in all of those aspects. And one of the roles of a financial planner is really to be pulling all of that together. So, and not, it's, I guess the word comprehensive is important in this context. So that when I would sit down with a client and I would be advising on taxes, I would have in mind uh, this client's investment portfolio because there are there are links, there are implications for both uh, on an investing side as well as a taxation side. I would know about their hopes for educating children or grandchildren or other relatives. I would know, I would want to know about their plans for gifting. Um, and that would involve also, you know, understanding of their, their real estate, their assets and so forth. So everything is linked. And we, I think what distinguishes a CFP is that um, 360 degree view of financial management, personal financial management. Um, so what? So let's say I am taking over the finances of my elderly mother, or if I feel like I have not been good at budgeting, um, and I need, and I have too much credit card debt, or I am seeing some looming um, financial obligations, um, as you're saying, like college tuitions coming up. Mm-hmm. Would would are all of those uh, examples or scenarios where I might engage a financial planner to help me get organized? Absolutely. I mean, that would be that's a classic, a classic uh, type of situation for a financial planner. Now, I think it's important for people to understand that when you go out and hire a financial planner, you want to ask those questions because, as I mentioned, anyone can say I'm a financial planner. And a lot of people associate financial planning with investments or brokerage or whatever. So you really understand that this is a person who is um, comprehensive in, in, in looking at your financial situation. You also want to find somebody who begins by understanding where you're coming from and what your goals are, because really the, the uh, purpose of financial planning is to help clients meet their lifetime goals um, in a, you know, efficient, uh, financially sensible kind of way. Um, so it's, it begins with you. We bring all this knowledge to bear, but the most important part is knowing our client and understanding how they want to navigate their financial future. So 
how do financial planners get paid? And is it, are there different types of ways they get paid because there's overlap with being a financial planner and a broker, or there's independent financial planners who are not brokers? Right. There, there is. And I mean, I think I mentioned in t- talking about my career about in the 1980s, sort of hearing about this new profession, uh, financial planning. And in a way, uh, the situation still exists where our various origins, the, you know, financial planning was kind of an amalgam of brokerage and, and estate and so forth. So we still have some uh, separate, not separation, but you're asking the right question. How does a planner get paid in the different business models? And it's important to at least be aware of, uh, of, of the distinctions. So I think the easiest way for a, a consumer or someone who's thinking about financial planning to understand the compensation issue is to ask who pays the financial planner, who pays the advisor for the advice that is given. Okay. Now, it could be that the person may be advising, you know, and I didn't mention, I, I, I failed to uh, mention that a, another purview of a financial planner is risk management, which often includes insurance. Um, okay, so there's an insurance component too. So it's possible that uh, an advisor may be paid by a product producer, Okay. So when you hear about, you know, fees on mutual funds or whatever, those fees are paid by the mutual fund to the planner for introducing the client or placing the client in those mutual funds. And these are all, you know, they're permissible um, insurance, the same thing. So that when the, if a financial planner is licensed to provide insurance and receive um, premiums, you know, a share of the premium, uh, they may be paid by the insurance company. Um, so, and the same for products and so forth. So for the, from the consumer's point of view, understanding, okay, how is, how is a financial planner making the living, you know, making his or her living? Um, is it from commissions? Is it from fees paid? Or is the financial planner entirely paid by, paid by me? In other words, I'm the client, and therefore I pay. I might pay a retainer, like a consultant. I might pay um, a fee, a fixed fee for a financial plan. I might pay a percentage of the assets that my planner is helping to manage. And I might pay a combination of all of those. But in this latter case, there's... There's a, a, a distinction that my financial planner has to please me because I am the paying customer. Um, so that you know, it's important to bear in mind when you when you consider the the um, you know the the perspective of the planner and the advice that is being offered. Got it. 
You are listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of I Relaunch, and your host for today. And we're speaking with Eleanor Blaney, who recently stepped down as special advisor on gender diversity to the Certified Financial Planner Board Center for Financial Planning. And she's been a successful financial advisor herself for many years, and it's an honor to have her with us today. Eleanor, uh, can you talk a little bit about whether you need to be really good in finance or with numbers in order to be successful as a financial advisor? Or is the training process to become certified as a CFP something that people with all different backgrounds can, uh, uh, can be successful in? Absolutely. And I guess I'm an example. If we hark back to the introduction, I mean, I was an English major. I I graduated from college in this country and decided back then it would be fun to go to England, (laughs) (laughs) Cambridge University, and study what else but English literature. Um, And that's that's how I started. And actually, before I was an English major, I was a French major. So there you go. now, that said, and and the re- reason I even bring that into my history, you would think maybe it's not relevant, but it's very relevant to me because financial planning is all about understanding your client, which really relies on effective communication. And there's also a teaching component. You mentioned, you know, if I'm having budgeting problems and you come to me and we talk, I'm going to be helping you budget, but probably I'm going to be teaching you as well. I have to communicate the components of the budget and what you should be looking at. Uh, if we're talking about credit, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of teaching and communications of writing. I've done a lot of writing in my career um, to you know newsletters to clients offering presentations to clients and my my communication skills, my understanding of the language, my joy actually. I've always loved being in the center of taking, you know, complex technical ideas and rendering them in a in a in a way that's understandable to clients. I remember a newsletter I once wrote about taking the idea of, you know, we all, we all have had flooded basements. We've all had those water issues. And we know the expression, you know, water seeks its own level. And I, oh, used, right. that metaphor, I used that metaphor to talk about adjustments in the market. You know, if something is, in other words, it will seek its, its equilibrium. And um, I think it was a very effective way. And that's the way I think, I think in terms of you know, simple concepts that can be made understandable because so many people see finance as very esoteric and very numbers driven. Yes, you have to know numbers, but um, I've often said there's lots of numbers involved, you know, but if you know how to work a calculator and then there's always Google because (laughs) um, taxes, I can never remember the numbers on the tax forms. Okay. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't need to clutter my, my intellect and my brain with those tax, you know, those tax form numbers. I just need to know where to go to get them. And that's what the education curriculum will teach you. Yeah, you can memorize it, but you also know what you 
you know, where to go for the information that you need. Eleanor, when we were in the early stages of thinking about the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative, we uh, had conversations about how the financial planning profession is one of the unique professions where it actually can be an attribute um, and be part of your attractiveness as a candidate to be someone in their 40s or 50s or older who has uh, been through a, you know, different market swings and has had life experience. And we were excited about the prospect of relaunchers um, entering the financial planner field from that perspective. And I wanted to know if you could comment on that. Well, I think that's exactly right. Uh, You know, I've often thought about myself and how much I have learned from my own experiences. For example, um, I've been divorced. I bought a business. I sold a business. All of these things. I had had a child. I put her through college. You know, all of these life experiences I have brought to bear on the counsel that I give my clients. That's not to say that you know, planners can't advise clients who are going through something they have not. But just having that EQ, what I call that sort of emotional intelligence and understanding of the emotions, um, the behaviors, you know, it's not just a matter of numbers. It's a matter of, of how you engage with those numbers and the impact they have on people's lives. So I think having that, that maturity is very important to what we do. Absolutely. So let me just ask you a very practical question. How can people find a financial advisor if they're looking for one? Well, I'm going to, uh, what I would do is I'd have them go to the CFP board uh, website. You can Google CFP board, go to the website, and there is a planner search function. Now, again, I am, this would direct you to people in your area that have a CFP. And if I'm biased, I am. <laughs> um, if you, in other words, I think that it's important to have those qualifications and, and so forth. So you can find a planner and you can look on various attributes in terms of what they may be, um, you know, the kinds of clients they may work with. They may have uh, certain requirements in terms of assets and so forth. But you can, you can look in your area. Most people want someone who's local. Um, and so you can look in your area. And I would tell anyone who's in the market for a financial planner, please do this. Be sure to talk to at least two, if not three people before you make a decision. And why do I say that? Because you will learn, you may call someone and you may totally click with that person and feel that they have everything to offer you and be very pleased with your decision. Uh, But I think because as you, as you mentioned, you know, not a lot of people truly understand financial planning or it may be a little, or if they've never used a financial planner. When you make that second call, I guarantee you, you will learn something more about the first conversation you have. You will understand a little bit better what the first person does by talking to a second person. And that comparison 
the perspective of, of, you know, two different people talking about what they do will give you a richer appreciation of what it is that planners do and what you are looking for. That's great advice. And, you know, it's actually pretty similar to when relaunchers call us and they're looking for a career coach. And we recommend usually three of them because we say the same thing, interview each one of them and understand their style and approach and pick the one that feels like it's the best match for you. So this feels like a similar process in addition to that education that you're talking about to understanding about exactly what that role is of the financial advisor. Exactly. Right. So we're, we're coming into the final part of our conversation and the podcast today. And I wanted to just briefly touch on the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative. Uh, it's uh, a, an initiative that I relaunch and the Certified Financial Planner Board Center for Financial Planning run together, um, where companies are piloting return to work, paid return to work internships or internship-like experiences for people who are relaunching as financial planners. And we have a range of different um, companies involved and it's been very exciting. But Eleanor, I want to ask you, because you were the early person or one of the early people who recognized the, the vision of this, um, from this at the CFP board center and, well, actually at the CFP board, um, and I wanted to know your perspective on the significance that you saw and why you were so interested in it. Well, absolutely. I think back when I was uh, working on the the research, uh, we we wanted to look at the reasons that the numbers were of women were so low, and doing the research, I tried to think about you know, all the, let's talk about the pipeline in terms of where, you know, where are women coming from or where are we, what are we not accessing? And basically there are issues at all levels. We don't have enough educated young girls. We don't have enough women entering the educational programs. Uh, And a lot of this is well known, but the one area that I didn't see adequately I didn't, I actually didn't even know where to go. How do I get to women who, women and individuals who have, for one reason or another, perhaps in midlife, um, left the workforce for family concerns, either taking care of elderly parents or children or whatever? Um, how do you get your arms around that, that cohort? <laughs> if you can even call it that, that segment. Lo and behold, I learned about, Carol, what you were doing um, at iRelaunch. And I thought, oh my gosh, there it is. We need to understand, we need to understand that segment. And my conviction only became more and more powerful as I went around the country. I, do a lot, I did a lot of speaking in my role um, at the Center for Financial Planning. And um, women and young people, younger people, uh, and I'm talking about people who are starting families and so forth, um, did a lot of talking. And inevitably, when the question and answer pe- uh, period came, 
the hands would go up and say, I am, you know, I'm a stay at home mom and I want to get back. Or how do we get to, you know, this segment of people who have taken a break in one way or another and being able to now talk about our work with iRelaunch through the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative has been so important. We're still in the you know early phases of it. We've just completed one, our very first cohort. We've learned a lot, um, but this is this this really strikes a chord out there, and I think it's very very powerful. And I think we 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 need to go forward and keep building this availability to. Um, Two, two families, young people, women who have left because they come back into the profession. And you, Carol, I mean, you have, you have given us a view of the profile of a relauncher that is so exciting. I mean, these are, these are individuals who, you know, are, are mature. They've made some life decisions about their family and their professions they are highly motivated. They are highly eager to do what it takes to get back to work. And nothing could be more um, compelling to, uh, to uh, uh, an executive or to a firm that is looking for intelligent, sensitive, um, hardworking individuals to help them with their client base and with the various functions that, um, you know, now make up the workings of a financial planning firm. I mean, it's fabulous. Yes, thank you. That's an excellent synopsis of the the caliber and the qualities of relaunchers in addition to the relevance to the financial planning profession. So thank you. Um, as we're wrapping up, Eleanor, any advice that you want to leave with our relauncher community, even if it's something that we've already talked about during this podcast? Well, absolutely. I think, you know, be aware that the center is, is the Center for Financial Planning is now looking to build a second cohort of firms. And this is from the firm point of view, but there may be people out there who work with firms who say, you know, we really need to get in this uh, uh, work with a financial planning firm. Um, and we are, we are beginning to assemble the next cohort that will come together and we will learn collectively The firms work with with you, Carol, you are our chief consultant and, and helping um, introduce this concept and how it works and how to make a successful reentry internship program. And uh, so we're we're doing that. But I think that um, you know those who are interested can contact either the Center for Financial Planning either as a uh, you know, prospective relauncher or as a employer who might be interested in this kind of uh, kind of program in terms of financial planning. Um, and and yeah, we want to get the word out. We want to be on this this train because this train is leaving the station, and it is important. This is the this is the future. I'm I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Thank you. Well. Thanks, Eleanor, for joining us today. Well, it was totally my pleasure. And um, I'm, I'm such a, 
I admire so much what you have done, Carol. Uh, just as a last little parting anecdote, I can't tell you how thrilled I was. I think I mentioned that I went to the University of Chicago to graduate school there to get my MBA. And I got my my magazine, uh, alumni magazine, and I was reading it. And there it was, a uh, discussion of relaunch programs. And there you were. And so um, I was proud. I was really proud to say, I know this. I've taken part in such an exciting development going forward. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for the work you've done for the Center for Financial Planning. Well, thank you, Eleanor. And for more information about the Financial Planner Reentry Initiative that we co-lead with the CFP Board Center for Financial Planning, go to cfp.net, click on the Career Center, and on Resources for Job Seekers. So you have been listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, success stories, and advice for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch and your host for today. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.